What the f- is up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Beers and. Today, we're going to be talking about beers, beers and rum. Come, they told me, and drink up this rum. Thought about it. Ba rum 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 rum. There's something there. I think. I think so. I feel good about this is, it. This is great. Isn't it great to be back in person? So good. Yeah. So good. We are not meant to to, to be remote. No, 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 no. No. We no, miss the, a lot of the nuances. The magic's not here, right, everyone? I'm just going to assume you said yes. Yep, they did. Yeah, they sure did. What is going on? And welcome back. We have a cocktail episode because we're at number 60. 60. Holy cow. Holy hell. That's a lot of episodes, buddy. Right? I wonder and, if they're and, sick of us yet. And Hector's only been broken twice. Hector? Yeah, that's, I don't know if that's uh, if that's like good pace or bad pace. Do you mind if I finger your hole? I, I don't. It's going to be a steamy episode. It certainly is. So we're drinking rum today. We have a lovely cocoa hito. A cocoa hito. Which is just a coconut mojito. I like it. Uh, a la my wife. Thank you very much. And uh, we also have a beer. This is a Nick pick. This is called the Colossal Lime. Into it. Uh, from Cypress Brewing, uh, right up in Edison is where they are. Oh, cool. Uh, they brew. Oh, they're, so they're it is very local. A local brew as well. It we is love a that. kettle soured Berliner Weiss, uh, brewed with limes. Can't go, can't go I mean, wrong with that. I mean, lime, sour beer. Coconut mojito, which has lime juice in it. It's a lovely thing. We're doing pretty good with this whole match up the beer with the with the alcohol thing. Finally. I will say, you know what, though? My favorite one so far is probably that hoof-hearted. Oh, with, yes. With the Pinot Noir with salt. With the Pinot Noir. Yeah, I think that this is going to be a good one, though. Definitely. I've got a good feeling. Definitely. Come check us out on YouTube, everyone. Beers and Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the same. And then come on over to Beers and One at Twitter. Twitter on Beers and One. And then the email beers and podcast at gmail.com please come talk to us come find us come yell at us yeah we're we doing all talk, the things we don't care yeah we don't care maybe you tell us you know a coco hito more like a d- dumb dumb ajito dummy ojito dummy ojito please don't please no, don't, don't, don't call do us that names. please don't do that don't call us we names. don't call we don't call you names oh we definitely do you jerk but you know you guys aren't the ones on the podcast that's so right it's, it's fine um I don't know if I've asked you this as a question of the day, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Mm. If you had to pick another profession, another career path, what what might it be? Any dream path? Yeah, sure. Ooh, any sort of dream path? I, I to be to be perfectly honest with you, I think I'm on it. Uh, okay. Although I like as, to hear that. As I've gotten older, I think I would have liked to also and it's not you know we're still young uh i would have loved to do something with history i would have loved to become an archivist i would have loved to have become a a oh look at that hello something having to do with like no oh no oh wow that is that is super wow okay interesting got lots of foam wow let me tell you it tastes like sprite interesting okay um all right. You can just bring that glass over yeah, here. That'd I'm be fine. I'm going to bring that to you. Yep, yep. I'll, I'll go get I'm going to go get a little towel for you. That's fine. You sure? Wow, this is this is go, almost is, like Wow. Yeah. That is Well, don't forget, considering it is that Bellina Vial, uh, the Bellina Vial, uh, that yeah, Bellina, uh that Vice Oh god, we're doing a great job. What happened? Uh, it's that farm style ale, so it's always a little bit more carbonated to begin with. I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't, it's uh, it's fine. Um so I'm so, going to say, so, yeah, something having to do with museums, history, archivist. Okay. Like, I love that stuff. You do. You're a big history guy. And you you have the memory for it, which I do not. Because I, I can't remember to like, you know, thank, thank God we've got like notifications for like when to pay bills. But um, oh, otherwise, yeah. yeah you know, well, you know what they say about history. If you don't know it, you're doomed to repeat it. Absolutely. Right. Oh, so. I'm a huge. It's so funny because I just, uh, uh, you know, I make. Tea? I make a. a uh, cards, you know, uh, greeting cards and the whole nine yards. Yeah, my and, wedding card was fantastic, yeah. by the way. That is the only one that's getting saved and put somewhere. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. I um, So I was going through, and again, we just had my, my cousin's uh, engagement party, and I was finishing up theirs yesterday. And what's interesting is, you know, I go through and I always, like, look at the advertisements first and, and 
find photos there and then I kind of you know will go back and look for words in the whole nine yards you know I basically do it like a serial killer if a serial killer was to make a greeting card that's how these things look um it's like a ransom note kind yeah of. a little bit it's yeah. fine but I catch myself uh every once in a while actually reading some of the articles that were written now I've got magazines that are from the 40s 50s 60s uh, and kid. 70s and I had just come across one from uh, it is the May 10th, uh, 1968 uh, issue of Life magazine. And they have a, and you know, we don't have to get crazy, uh, but they have an entire piece uh, or a real quick piece blurb on like gun laws and gun legislation. Mm-hmm. It is mind fucking blowing that we have been doing the same thing. For 40 years. I mean, years. when was the last time that the Constitution was amended? Dude, it literally mentions that there is a bill that was being sent to the Senate addressing uh, uh, background checks and raising and, the and age was to from? 21. 71? No. 68. 68. And they specifically cited that in the wake of Martin Luther King's uh, assassination, Oh, as part of it, and it was May. So again, for history people, MLK was killed in April of '68, but it wasn't until August of '68 that Bobby Kennedy was then shot and killed. So like this was that in between, you know, time when they still didn't do anything, and Bobby Kennedy was then you know shot. that whole MLK thing that was uh, a conspiracy. Oh, I, I, like I, I, actually, I mean, go check out the uh, the case. I'm pretty sure it was the. State versus yeah or uh, yeah or, yeah uh, yeah because they the the CIA was like or the FBI was actively like bugging I, I think and it was him yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, think it was yeah. the CIA because because you didn't she, learn that one in school no nope, did nope, you because the quality scares us well now, <laughs> well now that we we have a not exploding beer yeah what would you I'm sorry what would oh, you do my, in, um, in your in your alternate you know uh. There, there are a couple things that really stick out for me yeah. that I feel like would be fortuitous for me to pursue. One of them would be like, um, like a music engineer, like a sound engineer. Oh, because I have an ear for it and pretty on time. Or, um, man, I like to do stuff with my hands, but I'm not very handy. Yeah. So I feel like if I if I went and learned how to be a mechanic, I would really love it. Okay. But uh, I don't. Don't let me work on your car now. Oh, well, now that now you need a computer. Yeah. You know, I took apart my toilet a couple of weeks ago to fix my toilet. Oh, I remember. Oh, no, this was a different one. Oh, different you, did, you did it again. I did it again. And? That, it better out? the second time? Well, the first one was because I had a clog in the drain of the bathtub. Right. This one was that I had a drip in the toilet. Oh. It went very well. <laughs> You're getting, you practice. I'm getting much better. Right. Thanks, YouTube. Hey. Uh, honestly that's exactly what happened yeah nick says to me he goes if we call the landlord they might raise the rent and we don't want to risk that we don't want all. that so no. I said, all youtube right. or go to skillshare yeah oh i didn't even know about that skill one. yeah skillshare is a good one skillshare is youtube but you, you have to pay for it oh, okay. but there are like experts everywhere putting videos and you can learn anything i love that yes you didn't know about skillshare no oh i feel like you yeah see the internet doesn't just have to be for 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 you know cat memes and pornography um, cause that's it, predominantly, that's I think what the internet that's what is. The internet is. Yeah. For. Yeah. Cat and, memes, conspiracy theories, pornography. Um, and right now the, well, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case for a while. Oh God. I don't know anything about it, man. Oh, I, the only stuff I know is the stuff that I saw flipping through reels. All I know is that it is a longer or it was a longer trial. I believe it was in Louisiana, if I'm not mistaken. That I don't know. I, be, I want to say that it was in, or, or someone had made the juxtaposition there, like that this trial had lasted longer than any death row case in the state of Louisiana. And that's fucking horrifying wow. that <laughs> this lasted longer than whether or not someone every, would be like put to death. Every like thing that I saw was pretty much Amber Heard getting shit on, no pun intended, because like she was oh, either right. getting caught lying in her um, deposition or like then going back on things on the stand that she said or like audio recordings of her. And like specifically saying something and then Depp's lawyer, you know, Camille, whatever her name is, who everyone loves now, is like, is is this what we just heard? And Amber's like, no. I don't know why people no. feel like of all places, why would you lie in court? Like, I mean that legitimately. Like, why would you? Uh, to get out of something that you did. But like at the very, yeah, but you know what then? Watch, watch this one. I plead the fifth. 
That's one. That's a good one. That's a good one. I don't think you can say that when you have a lawyer present, though, can you? No, I believe you still can. Because anything that's self-incriminating. Yeah, you can protect yourself from self-incrimination. I mean, it's still pretty incriminating, but... So this is a 4%, uh, again... Haven't even had it yet. Kettle-soured Berliner Weiss. Yum. Mm. That's what I want my kettle sours to taste like. That is very light. Very refreshing. Yeah. Nice big lime punch. But not to the point of like puckery. No. Like it's not a sour And it's, it's not fake lime either. No. Like this is genuine lime flavor. I think that's what I really like about it. Yeah, it doesn't it have doesn't, that like artificial kind yeah, of... Yeah, no extra sugar added. Because like sometimes that weird, that like artificial lime is very unpleasant. Yeah, when you have like a key lime pie and you've got to use um, uh, um, like a lime extract or yeah. something along those lines, no that's good. not when it's good. But this is, yeah, this is like straight up someone just squeezed a lime directly oh, yeah. into this. We didn't have, um, side note, we didn't have lime juice once, so we were making guacamole. Yeah. And used like the key lime juice. Ooh. Terrible. Oh, yeah. Awful. Mm. Yeah, no, no, no. That, that's unfortunate. Do not, do not do that. No, that's a sad one. Um, but yeah, it's, it's got a really nice real lime flavor, and it's kind of like, I would have expected it to be much more effervescent with the way it exploded when we opened it, but it's really not. It's not that bubbly. You know what? I'm actually kind of surprised at too, and I understand that you know these farmhouse styles are a little bit lower in ABV uh, as well. I had read it, and then I saw in the can to like double check. I didn't realize again. Very low, four percent. Yeah. It's a very, very low one. That's like a, um, I think that's like a standard kettle sour thing. Is that what it is lower, when it's like kettle 3. sour? 3.84, 4.4. Okay. Much lower than like, I mean, even the 450 North ones are only like five and a half. I feel like this was a smart choice and I didn't know it obviously like when we had you know, decided on it. I feel like it's a smart choice when having a cocktail oh, with it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But we, you know, we make poor decisions. Yes, we do. Ah, ah, ah. See what I did there? Keep up. <laughs> do you have your coffee today because i did i did actually i didn't i, I made myself a cup last night i like to like have it cold in the morning when i wake up yeah and uh it's still there on the counter oh no i've had more than enough espresso for the both of us good for you thanks for, i did work today though oh there you go i did work this morning i slept till nine which is a which that's is a when i got one. out of work oh hazoo huzzah yeah when you when you had texted me i was like oh god i hope i, I when you said you're like i'm gonna run home and shower real quick i was like oh thank God, Honestly, good. when I called I you, I thought it. I was going to wake you up. No, 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 no. I'm not that bad. No, 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 no. <laughs> not, I used to be. I used to be sleep till noon. No, I can't do it anymore. Stoner like early. Yeah. Can't sleep till noon. Hang out for an hour. Not anymore. I mean, I don't get out of bed until I do Wordle, but you know. Everyone with the Wordle, I just, I mean, I haven't done it yet. You would love it. I feel like I'm the one person that should do it. Yeah. And yeah, I just... The key is not to show off about it. Except with your significant other. Right, right. Nick and I will yell at each other from either room. I know. How many tries today? How many did you get? Yeah, I walked out this morning because he was lying on the couch this morning when I got out of bed and he just goes, um, do you do Wordle yet? I go, yeah, did you? He goes, uh, no, I didn't I didn't start it. I go, no spoilers. Oh, you know, I got it in two. So, uh, so like, what is it? You get, it's like, f- you get five words or six words is it all the same word oh you're trying to just guess one word that's it correct okay and they're they're all five letter words but they don't give you a letter no you have to guess you have to guess a word from the get-go and if you get one of the letters then it stays in the well no it's not that it stays there it's just that it's green okay if it's yellow it means it's the right letter in the wrong place and then if it's gray it does away with it okay yeah oh it's oh it's a beautiful thing much faster than a game of scrabble Yes. Which, so, which I prefer. Oh, I like a good Scrabble. Me too, but you know, sometimes like the cumbersomeness of sitting there and playing an entire Scrabble round. Yeah, it can be rough depending upon who you're playing with and, you know, how many J's and K's you're getting in there. Jeez. Fuck J's. I, I would take I feel a like Z this, over this day beer, week. if there was a little cucumber in here, mm. maybe a little sea salt. Yeah, I like that. I mean, it's really good the way it is. It I'm is, just like, again, super refreshing. I, it's It's funny because. Almost wouldn't think of it as a as a beer. To me, it's almost more on the cider yeah. side of things. Yep, um, closer to yeah, like a shandy. Yeah, kind yeah. of. Yep, definitely. Yeah, like lime cider. Yes, I'm liking it though quite a bit. It's like lime club soda. Yes, with a kick. and and hard seltzer. Yes, yeah, I like it. Me too. I'm liking it quite a bit. Big fan. I'm gonna give it. 
I mean, I really like it, but do I like it? How much do I like it? Like, do I, do I like it enough to give it a four? I don't know. Oh, okay. I feel like 3.85. Oh, okay. See, I'm a little bit higher. Okay. I was going to say, I think this is really refreshing. I, it is really refreshing. You see, I like when I can identify what I like refer to as like uh, public beers. Okay. I yeah. like the idea of this as a public beer. I can have, I can have a full four pack. You could have a ten pack and still yeah, be okay. And be okay. Yeah. I'm gonna give a four point two. All right. I really enjoy this. I'm, I would go back for more. I think a lot of other people would Definitely. enjoy it too. I would love to have this on tap, like to just to be able to go to a bar oh, and have yes. this on tap and, and just have like, like four Consistent. or five and be okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And and you know be okay. Yeah. Be- you know. have, have some food, drink some water. You'll yeah, be you'll be all right. Yeah. No, I it's, like it. It's good. Really good. I'm yeah. here for it. I like I like the lime. You don't get a lot of just lime beers. And again, I think the, the important part is is that it is natural, fresh yeah. lime juice. It doesn't have that like tacky, syrupy, artificial taste. That It's not a key lime pie. Like I said, it's not a key lime pie. It is lime juice. Very refreshing. Hugo des Lime. I think that's like juice in oh, Espanol. Um, in in French, it is je. Je? Yeah, it's juice. Oh, I think in in Italian it's spremuta. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh no, or is that? Oh, I don't even I know. I have no idea. You're asking the wrong guy. Would you like to talk about some rum? Yeah, I think we should. I think Yo we should. ho ho and a bottle of rum. Because that's go. what I want to talk about. That's, go for that it. song. Oh. Yeah, please. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So. You may know it by its original name, which was Dead Man's Chest, also known as 15 Men on a Dead Man's Chest. Oh, yes. It's originally from the very, very famous novel, Robert Louis Stevenson's 1883 hit. Uh, Treasure Island. In fact, it is Treasure Island. Yes! Um, in the novel, only the so chorus... No, you got it. I saw the fear in your eyes, but I knew you were going to get it. <laughs> only the chorus is written in, in the novel leaving the rest of the song to the reader's imagination. Oh, that's cool. So the song goes, 15 men on a dead man's chest, yo-ho-ho and a bottle of rum. Drink and the devil had done for the rest, yo-ho-ho and a bottle of rum. Those are the only um, lines of the song in the book. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. So Stevenson, Robert Louis Stevenson, found dead man's chest among a list of Virgin Island names in a book by Charles Kingley. This was possibly a reference to an island, an actual island, Dead Chest Island, off of Peter Island in the British Virgin Islands. Hmm. So Stevenson said, Treasure Island came from Kingley's book. So it was King- Kingley's book was, at last, A Christmas in the West Indies. Oh, my God. I know. What a great name for a book, right? It, I mean, it is a good name, but at the same time, like, what not a good name I know. also. <laughs> also, yeah, I feel like it's a foreboding name. Um but he said that that's where he got the idea for the chorus of Dead Man's Chest. And that is where the entire book came from, inspired from that one, that three word name. Huh. That's where he got the entire. The entire idea for Treasure Island. For Treasure Island from that one, from Dead Man's Chest. That's where he got it from. Awesome. I, and I think that is exactly, it's so cool. So that was the seed he kind of like incepted himself. Yeah. Like he didn't mean to, but he totally did. <clears throat> so 12 years later, he published Treasure Island after um, At Last, A Christmas in the West Indies was came out. Eight years after Treasure Island was published. So in 1781, 1881, 18, uh, I'm sorry, 1891. Okay. Somebody finished the song, but they turned it into a poem. Oh. So a, a poet or a writer... Young E. Allison, young Edwin Allison, mm-hmm. published a poem called Derelict, uh, finishing Stevenson's Dead Man's Chest. And, uh, dude, it does not disappoint. Like, it, it's, it's actually pretty good. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it is kind of long. Yeah. Uh, it's probably about seven or eight stanzas. stanzas. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's, it's really long. So I'm going to read. I'll read the first couple. Yeah, please. Fifteen men on the dead man's chest drink and the devil had done for the rest. I believe, I believe... That yo ho ho and a bottle of rum goes after those two lines because there are hyphens, but it's not in here. Oh, okay. The mate was fixed by the bosun's pike, the bosun brained with a marlin spike, and Cookie's throat was marked belike. It had been gripped by fingers ten, and there they lay 
all good dead men. Like Break O'Day in a boozing ken, yo-ho-ho in a bottle of rum. Ooh. Fifteen men of the whole ship's list, dead and be damned, and the rest gone wist. The skipper lay with his knob in gore, where the scullion's axe his cheek had shore. And the scullion, he was stabbed times four. And there they lay, and the soggy skies, dripped all day long in upstaring eyes. In murk sunset and at foul sunrise, yo-ho-ho and a bottle of rum. And it goes on for one, two, three, four, another four standards. Holy shit. So it's actually a pretty lengthy poem. And I think it's so cool based off of pretty much just words. Yeah. Like, like Robert Louis Stevenson somehow came up with an entire book when he saw Dead Man's Chest, which is just like a reference to a fake British Virgin Island. But what a perfect name. I mean, and maybe yeah. it's because we associate it with it now, but like what a perfect name for like a pirate yeah. Story. Dead man's chest. Yeah. Dead man's chest. Yeah, I love that. I'm a little concerned about this uh, this last guy though, writing about someone's knob. I know. When I first okay, so when I, I'll read the line again because when I first yeah. read the line, I was like, "What the hell?" It's something a gorgeous so knob. So it's um, it's the skipper lay with his knob in gore, where the scullion's axe his cheek had shore, and the scullion he was stabbed times four. So the skipper got in a in a fight with the scullion and the scullion axed him in the cheek. Yeah. And then someone went and stabbed the, the scullion. scullion another four times. Yeah. <sighs> and the soggy skies dripped all day long. So much violence. Yeah. Very violent. Yeah. But I mean, well done. First off in 1891. I mean like this is, yeah, this is something. Oh yeah. I love this. We haven't, we haven't tried the drink yet. Oh, I, oh, I see so you. Sorry. I did. Did you? Oh, it's actually, yes. Cause it's very refreshing. <laughs> It is a very good drink. Oh, that is wonderful. It okay, is so we very, we have, we have nice. a cocoa hito. Um, I, two, I didn't realize that I was. No, it's okay. <laughs> so we I made a double batch. So four shots of rum, two shots of cream of coconut, mm-hmm. half a lime juice, maybe like three tablespoons of simple syrup. Yeah, and then just some ice and some lime sprigs. I mean, some mint sprigs. Shake it, it all up. up. That's it. And pour it into a glass with some club soda. Club soda. Now, what's nice is that, and I, I would be interested for our own uh, process, um, we went with coconut rum this time. You can use yes. white rum yeah. as well. And I, you had called and said, like, if I had a preference. I was like, mm, no. I was like, I, I guess white rum. Yeah. But we went with coconut rum. Yeah. That, well, that was Still, all I had. Oh, even better. <laughs> that was all I had to chop, right? Delicious, though. Really good. Really, really refreshing. Really nice. I actually could do with a little more lime juice, I think. A little bit. I would and, agree and with that. And a little bit, some more fizz from Club Soda, and I think this would be a perfect drink. I'm glad that I'm able to drink coconut rum at this point in my life. Uh, you know, because um, it, it, my question today was almost, does coconut rum still give you the... Oh, no, not anymore. No, okay. Not anymore. But there was a very long period of time where I was like... We've told that story. Oh, God. I think yeah. I think parts of it we've told. Yeah, long story short, uh-huh. I couldn't have coconut rum for a, for, for, for a bit of a time. A long time. And, uh, and and luckily, the important part is, is that even after all the terrible things I don't remember saying to Alex, we're still here. Literally carried this man back to the ship with my father. Pretty sure that I just kept calling everybody a dirty bitch. Oh, so many hours. obscenities. So many obscenities. So many obscenities. I dropped a C word before I was okay with using the C uh, word. Uh, now I'm very okay with it, but at the time... <laughs> We grow. We grow. We, grow. we change. We ebb. We flow. Right. Hey, that's nice. I like that. All right. Uh, so. Um, Talk to me, baby. All right. Well, so I have a subsection here that I have titled, again, uh, Rum Built the Colonies and May Have Caused the Revolution. I believe that. So the popularity of rum, and I believe that you did a little bit on some of the history uh, a little of bit. rum as well. So yeah, I don't I don't think I'm going to be crossing over too, too much. Okay. Um, but the popularity of rum after its development in the Caribbean spread to colonial North America and quickly actually became its leading industry, which I did not know. And this was primarily due to the technical woodworking and cooperage skills uh, of those in the region. Yeah, cooperage. cooperage. Um, in addition to an abundance of lumber. So, in fact, the first pot still uh, for distilling, like rum, uh, happened to be on... Where? Jamaica? Mm, nope. The, the first one here in the colonies. Oh, what do you think? Um, oh, definitely one of the Carolinas. Staten Island. Oh, shit. Yep. The, the, the Forgotten Borough. That's a long way from Roanoke. Right? It was, it was owned at the time by the Dutch... 
Uh, and this was in 1664. And this was according to an article in the Baltimore Sun from a guy uh, named Michael Nargant, uh, Nagrant. Excuse me. Uh, so, in fact, like I said, it was the leading industry of the colonies. Between 1700 and 1750, Massachusetts had some 63 distilleries, uh, with Rhode Island having 30, 22 of which were in Newport. Can you even fit 30 distilleries on Rhode Island? Well, it was a, probably a pretty good reason why they did, or a good thing they did, because much of the rum was exported, and at one point, Rhode Island rum was accepted as currency alongside gold in Europe. Oh, that's awesome. So, like, it was huge. So big uh, that when they were looking at, like, the estimated consumption of rum in the colonies prior to the revolution, it is assumed that every man, woman, and child consumed an average... And child. And child consumed an average of three imperial gallons of rum each year. So roughly uh, like 14 liters of rum every year. So in terms of like where we're seeing, you know, um, again, the building and possibly the revolution. So France had banned at one point its New World's colonies from producing rum in order to decrease competition with brandy. So what happened was that English colonists were then able to, like, undercut the British West Indies producers in buying, like, cheaper molasses from those uh, French sugar plantations. So this pissed off the Brits and, and, you know, all of them. So they enacted something called the Molasses Act of 1733, which had put a— I didn't read this whole thing, but tell me again. Uh, I was kind of—like, I tried to, like, figure it all out for a little bit because I was yeah. like, you know— so it, uh, it put essentially a six pence per gallon tax on imports from non-British right. entities. Right. Um, however, it was mostly seen as a threat. Like the tax was never actually really enforced because if it was, it would have completely shut down the entire like industry of the colonies then at that point. Um, and as a result, like Hindu production and then profits to Great Britain. However, when the Sugar Act was passed, uh, then in 1764, it was strictly enforced. And then the two combined between the Molasses Act and the Sugar Act um, are cited as some of the main causes then for the American War of Independence. Because we were like, fuck you and your taxes. Yeah. After the war, however, um, rum was still extremely, extremely popular and was really used quite a bit in politics. So candidates would be judged on how much rum they would be willing to give out to voters. So thus, like their their it would influence their vote overall. Uh, and I just wrote, you know, uh, and we thought things were bad. Now imagine, imagine just a bunch of drunk uh, drunkards at the polls. Um, That's what it is. Now. It is what it is now. And in fact, uh, George Washington, um, you know that guy. Uh, he previously used 160 gallons of rum when he was campaigning for the Virginia House of Burgesses in 1758 and subsequently insisted on having a barrel of Barbados rum present for his 1778 oh, really? inauguration. Oh, yeah. we're going to talk about Barbados rum. Oh, are we? Oh, we sure are. Well, it was it was there at good old uh, Chopping Down the Cherry Tree, uh, George Washington's inauguration in 1778. My grandpa always used to tell me that it was like a joke yeah. when I was growing up. And it was George place. George Washington couldn't tell a lie. Right? Like that that was the joke. Like George yeah. not that wasn't the joke. Oh. But the joke, you know, George Washington was a very truthful and honest man. He couldn't tell a lie. So the joke was always George Washington when he was a kid was outside and he his dad comes out and there's a cherry tree on the ground. He goes, George, who did this? He said, I cannot tell a lie. Popeye chopped down the cherry tree. Like I said, Popeye chopped down the cherry tree. Popeye chopped down the cherry tree. God. I thought it was... It's interesting because I don't want... I'm not questioning this this fond memory you have. Sure. Wasn't it honest... Wasn't it Abe Lincoln that was known to not tell a lie? I cannot tell a lie. He's also an honest person, yes. Okay. But, But the joke was always George Washington. It's interesting because I'm pretty sure that he, your grandfather may have just taken two lores That's and two very people possible. and combined them, which is fine but by me. Pasquale was a wily character. Listen, Pas- listen. If I, I'm not going to question Pasquale, I'm not going to question any Pasquale on right, anything. 
Anything. Oh, it fell off the back of a truck? Yes, Pasquale. <clears throat> sure did. Gotcha. Check. So you kind of talked about it. Rum originated in the West Indies. You mm. briefly talked about it. But that but that is where it came from. Come that's where it came from, but no one knows exactly which island. Oh. It's very mysterious because it, it's there's not like a single point of origin. Um, the first mention of rum in record was is from Barbados in sixteen fifty. Oh. Popular name, and that makes sense because you said in 1664 was when all those the rum distilleries, exactly. right? Yeah. Yep. So popular names for rum at this time were Rum Billion Ooh. and also Kill Devil. Have you heard that? I read it here and there, okay. but I don't think I really like dove too much into it at all. So interestingly enough, it's just kind of like either the rum that was coming from that place was called Kill Devil or... People said this rum is strong enough to kill the devil. Oh. And that is where it came from. And that kind of makes sense. And I'll get into it more later. I love that so much. And not to cut you off because I can say kill devil in your head, but with, with that with Barbados like, yeah. accent. Kill the devil. That kill devil. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I love that. Oh, so good. You also said this. Rum was the major liquor distilled during the early stages of the United States. Oh, yeah. I, ju- I would have never, I really would not have guessed so, that. So we, a long time ago, back on the gin episode, oh no, maybe it was the pirate episode, they were close, that rum came over to Great Britain after they took over the West Indies, and that's when they started to you know give it to the sailors. So yeah. for a long time, sailors got daily rations of rum. It was sometimes mixed with molasses. Right. And then it, w- it would be called blackstrap. This oh. would be the, to make it a little more palatable, the rum, blackstrap molasses. We've heard that. Yeah. Then it was also mixed with cider to make a beverage called a Stonewall. So I did a little research on it, and it's a essentially like a ginger beer rum cocktail. It's oh like ginger beer, God. fresh ginger, club soda, lime juice, and uh, like that kind of stuff. And that sounds really good too, I thought. It's so funny when they always like tell us, nowadays or like even you know when you're first kind of like young and you know you're experimenting with alcohol and whatnot it's like oh you never mix alcohol you know keep liquor separate from beer liquor before meanwhile our entire like civilization was built on just throw it all the fuck together put it it with lime juice and sugar and we're all gonna die at 35 no matter what so it might as well just mix it all together and go for it it's this or scurvy kid yolo (laughs) so it was yo holo (laughs) This keep, guy. Keep up. This guy. <laughs> so they mixed it with molasses, but I didn't know that most rums are made from molasses. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I thought it was always sugar primarily. Technically, I guess it is, right? Well, yeah. But what's what's cool about this distilling process is that there's so much innate sugar in the molasses yeah. that rum, more than most other distilled spirits, holds the actual you know flavor of its predecessor. Because they don't have to add sugar to it to to coax the alcohol out of it. It already has it. Oh, that's really smart. So you get a lot of molasses flavor when you you have rum. Huh. This is my last little bit. I thought this was really cool. This is from Britannica. Yeah. Dot com. Um, And what I was talking about before, Barbados rum. So this is about um, rum that comes primarily from Barbados, Jamaica, and Demerara, Guyana. Oh, okay. Guyana. So the heavy, dark, and full-bodied rums are the oldest type and have the strongest molasses flavor. Such rums from these places, Jamaica, Barbados, and Guyana, are usually produced from molasses enriched with the skimmings or the dunder. So they take like the excess after the um, sugar is boiled off from production. They take like the solids and they throw it in with this rum specifically. Huh. So this liquid attracts yeast spores from the air, which can result in spontaneous fermentation. So they don't have to like run it through the process. Oh, shit. They just let it ferment on its own, which I think is really awesome. Uh, The resulting slow fermentation period allows full development of flavor substances. The rum is distilled twice in simple pot stills, producing a distillate of clear color that turns to a golden hue as the distillate takes up substances from the oak of the wooden puncheons used for storage. So like they barrel age it. Yeah. And all Jamaican, all rum from these places 
is usually blended and aged for at least five to seven years. And then after that fact, they add in uh, like more caramel color to give it that dark, you know, oh. that dark rum. But this is primarily, so if you ever have like Jamaican rum, Barbados rum, you're getting aged dark rum with like supercharged molasses. Holy shit. That's pretty and cool. I, I'm not really familiar with because I don't. I'm not a big rum guy. No, you and I both. And we don't like one dark us, liquors. No, not particularly. But I think what you were kind of just about to say, though, I don't know if I've had anything that's been specifically like Barbados. I, I may have had aged rum before, but it was like Captain Morgan. You oh, know, it's not. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Do it's that not. At it's all. not like from the source. You know. Like I. I feel like I almost want to become a wine. A wine. A rum taster. Because if you can actually get the molasses and like the actual flavor of what it's being made from, it's so like that's funny a very nuanced... That's what I was thinking about too. Is like I I can't think of yeah ever having like a diversified enough type like a of wine rum. flight a rum yeah. flight yeah why do I keep saying wine um, yeah I've never had a rum flight I think and, got... and that's not something I would do but now I feel like I want to I think we've got a new goal rum flights we're gonna have to go on vacation I think at this point I think we're well to the Caribbean to the to the Caribbean it's actually it's actually Caribbean. That's my bad. I messed up. We're having a lovely time. Bill's not realize. <laughs> you know, I asked someone else that question, by the way, and they gave me that BS two-way answer. Oh, I was going to say, and they gave it to you. Uh, I thought you were going to say gonna... that they gave your answer and instead of saying, oh, they gave it wrong too. <laughs> oh, they answered incorrectly as you, well. You plebs. <laughs> Keep doing your surf stuff. And that's surf spelled with an E. Well done. Thank you. Can I tell you about rum running? Please do. I love I love the the um the thiefing theme that you have today. Yeah, I don't know why. I I definitely did my research in two different days also. So <laughs> this is not like, you know, I just went for it. Um so what's interesting is that and we've kind of discussed certain aspects of this when we were talking about actually gin. Um so there's actually a difference between rum running and bootlegging. So is bootlegging just making your own booze and Rum running is taking it illegally from one place to another? No, I, not entirely. So it, it, it both has to do with the smuggling process of like moving oh, okay. the spirit. However, um, bootlegging is typically done over land, whereas rum running refers oh. to smuggling over sea or oh, over water. All right. Right? All about the pirates. All about the pirates. So, at the start of Prohibition, uh, there was quite a bit of activity on the seas, but this was quickly curtailed by the Coast Guard, who had reported a decrease in smuggling activity. By the way, um, my sources, Wikipedia, uh, a place called uh, therumauthority.com, and I wound up essentially reading almost an entire book, kind of, like really fast, uh, called Rum War at Sea by Malcolm F. Uh, Willoughby, who was a commander of the Coast Guard. It's a book that was put out by the Coast oh. Guard. You know. Uh, oh, good, because I thought you were making all this stuff up. Oh, no. This is like... Thank goodness. Yes. All legit here on Beer's End. Uh, so, uh, this began the start of the Bimini Bahamas rum trade and introduced the world to someone by the name of Billy McCoy. Okay. All right. So uh, McCoy had began to smuggle in rum to Florida, but was quickly caught by the Coast Guard. Um, so in the spirit, I wrote, ha, because spirits. In the spirit of John Hancock of pre-revolutionary times, he considered himself to be a quote unquote honest lawbreaker. So eventually what he figured Robin out. Robin Hood. Right, exactly. Eventually, what he figured out he could do is that he would anchor his vessels in international waters just off the U.S. coast. And then subsequently, smaller boats would then run the contraband in to land. So the line had been at the edge of a three-mile limit because international waters used to only be three miles wow. out to sea. Oh, my God. What a way to what an easy way to break the law, right? So this line, um, then, just past this line, uh, became referred to as the rum line, and this is where those ships waiting then to be, um, like you know, 
run from become known as Rum Row. So you would go past Rum Line and you would hit Rum Rum Row. The largest, uh, the largest of which uh, was just off the coast of her pristine shores, this beautiful land and her hallowed inhabitants, a land we call Outerbanks. New Jersey. Damn. Um, New Jersey. Pristine, yeah. Pristine. That's, that's the word I would use. Yep. Uh, so the this portion of Rum Row. Hey, can you shut up that know, car right? alarm? Jesus fucking Christ! We're trying to do I a show it. in here. I would I would hate it the though if it was nerve. one of our cars. <laughs> it's Dude. definitely not. I parked four blocks away. Oh, I don't think it's mine either. I'm too close. It'd be much louder if it was mine. Um, that's all right. We'll just call the cops in a little bit. That's all I got to do. Nervous on people. So this portion of um, Rum Row is alleged to have as many as sixty boats. At one like time. ready to intercept people who were illegally trying to. Oh no no no! Oh no! no. People who were bringing rum Pre- to the yep. land. There was as many as sixty <laughs> boats off the coast of New Jersey, making up this rum row, um, including someone that was known as Habana Joe, who was known to be seen into uh, running into remote areas of Raritan Bay with his flat bottom skiff. So he would just go ahead and like. Quite literally, run this Coast boat right up, in. Yeah. Yep, right up onto the shore, drop the delivery, and then speed back out again. So eventually, authorities were given orders to then like stop McCoy, even if he was in international waters, because what would happen is that the a lot of him and a lot of these other people would register their boats technically to Britain, like they would they would be like British registered right. you know, uh, vessels. Wow. So what eventually wound up happening was that, again, like I said, you know, they were U.S. authorities were making like pleas to British authorities and whatnot. And British authorities at first were like, fuck off. International waters or international waters. Yeah, that's the whole point. Exactly. So they felt they were like, all right, fine. You know, I guess if you want to, you can. So on November 23rd, 1923, the U.S. Coast Guard cutter by the name of Seneca uh, had encountered McCoy and attempted to board his boat. But he warded them off with a machine gun that had been concealed on board. Yes. Right? Yes. No Uh, cannons. We need machine guns. Right? So I came across an article uh, from November 26th, which was in the Times Union uh, from Brooklyn. So I... Uh, November uh, 26th of 1923. So claims that all of this happened just six miles off the coast of Seabright. So literally so close. 10, 15 miles wow. uh, minutes up the road from here. Uh, and realistically, six miles out on a super clear day, you, you could, could see. probably oh, see you could definitely six see. miles you, you out. You and I can see 10, 10 miles on a clear oh, day. Oh, easily. Uh, so the Seneca had responded then uh, with landing like large shells just off the ship's hull and forced McCoy to surrender. So he like surrendered at that point. Rather than having like a long drawn out trial, McCoy had pled guilty. He was like, screw it, we'll just do this. Spent nine months in a New Jersey uh, jail and had then returned to Florida for the remainder of his life. The final arrest dramatically changed not only prohibition and rum running, but essentially the lines of jurisdiction forever because that three-mile limit for international waters was, as a result of this, expanded to 12. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's not as easy to... uh, No. To 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 go. Stuff in and out three miles as opposed to, to... 12? Absolutely not. It's four times as many miles. Four times as many miles. This is now a, a math podcast, it's too. 12 miles it's too a many. Fun, it's a fun. We're having so much fun. We're always having fun. Always having fun. Let's keep the fun going. Let's keep it rumming. Rum running. Rum running. And let's talk about just some classic rum cocktails oh, that, I, yes. that I think might be nice to maybe educate you guys on if you're, you know, not so educated. That's right. You dotes. If you don't like alcohol as much as we do. Why have you been listening? Right. Yeah, exactly. You're in the wrong place then. I'm going to name one that I actually don't like very much, but everyone seems to love. Is it Dark and Stormy? Oh, yeah. Ginger beer, lime juice, rum, and dark beer. Yeah. Did I miss that? Oh, and, and dark rum. I'm sorry. Yeah. Dark rum. Um, this one is a personal favorite. We had so many of these. Rum swizzles. A rum swizzle. Love a good rum swizzle. We used to always say, who's, remember, wasn't it Pee Wee Herman's favorite? <laughs> Pee Wee Herman's favorite Pee-wee. cocktail. Rum, rum swizzle. <laughs> so this is kind of like a oh, Mai Tai. God. Yeah. A, a little bit. Um, a little more tropical, I guess. Slightly smoky on the flavor. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Um, here, another one that we know very much would be the painkiller. 
Oh my which God. we which we also have had quite a few. That's kind of like um, kind of like a pina colada, but same thing. A little more smoky, a little more bitter, maybe Aren't a little those creamier. Served in? Oh no, they're not. I was gonna say I thought they were served in shot form, but not not usually. Painkiller, you can get a painkiller shot. You can, right? Yeah, yeah, but they're usually cocktail. Okay. Um, you just talked about rum running. We have the rum runner. Ooh, the rum runner cocktail. Yeah, which actually I've never had, but I would love to after reading this. So it's spiced rum, white rum, creme de banana. Blackberry liqueur, orange juice, pineapple juice, lime juice, and grenadine. Ooh, I am on board for yeah, that. Yeah, it sounds like. Oh yeah. my god, if that doesn't sound like something that my mother would 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 just. <laughs> yeah, like you think cook? brown runners? Yeah. Oh my god, yes. Do you know how to make a classic daiquiri? I said it before. I I oh you did. I, oh what a piece of shit I, I am. Said, no, I said I said this is what we used to do. We used to just drink liquor with blank and blank. Oh. No, lime, lime and sugar. It's just uh, oh, is that rum, really all lime of... juice, and simple syrup. Yeah, really. That is a classic daiquiri. But isn't it? It's with the shaved ice, though. No, you know that. I actually don't know. That I think is in what this the... picture. It's not. It looks more like a uh, gimlet. Like it really oh. is a gimlet, just with rum. Interesting, because I know that I always thought that it was the fact that it was like frothed up with like shaved ice and whatnot. Oh, I never had it that way. Oh, really? Like a like a strawberry daiquiri. I oh I see what you're saying like frozen like yeah. a frozen drink yeah, oh yeah, yeah. okay that so that a like... froze like a strawberry daiquiri and a regular just daiquiri totally different really yeah oh, shame pe- on me I strawberry daiquiri is more like a pina colada like yeah, an actual yeah, yeah. cocktail daiquiri is just a straight up lime juice rum and simple syrup oh I didn't know that yeah I, I for the longest time I did when I had heard daiquiri I was like oh frozen drink like, oh yeah I love, I love frozen drinks huh yeah no. But a very classic frozen drink, pina coladas. Can't go wrong with pina coladas. You really can't. Um, I'm, yeah, you just, you just can't. Getting caught in the rain. How about, uh, we already talked about the painkiller. I've never had this, and I'd never even heard of it. Hot buttered rum. Oh, <laughs> so go it, on. it takes about 10 minutes to make. Um, this is just like creamy butterscotch rum drink that's hot. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I mean, it's probably really good. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, listen, we'll try everything twice. That's true. I'll, I'll, where can we get that? Let's, uh, you know, we might just have to make it. Done. Oh, it says buttered rum, a.k.a. a hot toddy. So it's like, uh, it's a oh, hot toddy with rum. Oh, okay. I'm into that. I didn't that. know that you're supposed to have a hot toddy with rum. You're not. It's usually whiskey, isn't whiskey, it? Whiskey, right? Or brandy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, this one we're going to go to New Orleans for. Hurricanes. Yes. Had plenty of those. Love them. They're very dangerous. Yes. I Did I have a hurricane? No, I had the grenade. Oh, the hand grenade. The hand uh, grenade. That, yeah. That's that's a vodka drink, if I'm not mistaken. Vodka Midori and a bunch of stuff. Listen, all I know is that we met up with a bridal shower or a bridal party from Georgia. <laughs> oh, I remember and, this story. And I was brought home r- roughly three o'clock in the afternoon because I had <laughs> developed vertigo that day while we were at the World War II Museum. Um that sounds awful. Yeah, I, I mean, I had a lovely time. Not a great I spot slept for like 14 hours. This is my dad's hands down favorite drink. I would be remiss if we didn't mention it. A Mai Tai. Oh, my dad Mai freaking tai. loves Mai Tais. Love Mai Tais. Whenever we would go out like anywhere when I was a kid. He doesn't drink them as much anymore. I think I've actually turned him on to beer. Oh, okay. Which is cool. But whenever we went out, it was always Mai Tai. I want a Mai Tai. I wonder if it's that... Because now that I'm thinking about it, and you say it out loud, my dad is a big fan of. It's like the like tropical rum. drink. Yeah, my dad generation. likes a lot. I think so. Well, you know what it is? It's because every time we turn around, God love them, and we're all very happy for you. <laughs> every time we turn around, they're always like, oh, where are you? Oh, I'm packing up for my cruise. Oh, you going on another cruise? That's oh, true. yeah, we're going on a cruise. That's true. Okay. They, do, they do love the tropical locale. They do. Yeah. That they do. Yeah. Have you ever heard of a bushwhacker? This one actually yes. I've always wanted to try. Yes. So this, I've had these before too. You have. Again, my mother's a big fan of bushwhackers. So it's it's essentially like a Brandy Alexander mm-hmm. with rum. If you don't know what that is, it's uh, vanilla ice cream and brandy. Yep. All mixed up. Probably some heavy cream if I had to guess. Yep. And uh, maybe something else like chocolate. I have had a mudslide, though. I do love mudslides. Again, our, our our buddy, if you go back and you check our last episode, our buddy Dan that we're going to train to uh, go ahead and sniff out truffles. <laughs> yeah, truffles he's, sniffing friend. He's got like a, a, a surefire Brandy Alexander recipe. Oh, he does? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I didn't know Uncle that. Buddy used to make them. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I got to yeah. try those. This, uh, this will be my last one. I, this was the most interesting one, I thought. A pineapple basil rum cocktail, which Ooh. just sounds like right up my alley. I like that. Yeah, with the, with the nice little freshness of the basil. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong. Pineapple basil. Pineapple basil. 
I'd go for it. I'm into it, dude. We're we have the mojito. That's what we have today. I'd go for it. Uh, how about um? No, that's a boring one. Ew, creamy root beer rum cocktail with Captain Morgan. Oh God, no, I can't do no, Captain. I, Morgan. I think I think that's where I'm, that's where I'm going to stop naming cocktails. Now that we've hit Captain Morgan, the yeah, answer that, is no more. Nope, nope. Every uh, good man knows his limits. Yeah, and we're slowly learning ours. <laughs> Not a man. I'm not a man yet. No, I was just going to say, that's why these two boys are still, <laughs> you know, chugging along here. So I, uh, the last thing that I've got here for us, because um, I've got to go, you know, a little off the rails at least to one degree or another. Dude, the bottom of this drink is the best part. Oh, My really? goodness. I'm excited. I'm going yes. to take a little sip then My before goodness. I get there. Because we've been discussing rum so far. Yeah. And you know what? I, I think I'm going to move back to rum. This is a good one. This I'm is gonna, a- uh, yeah, I'm going to move back to rum. We're going to be Malibu Bay bitches. I, so that. I was drinking Parabay. I was one of the first things that, oh that we started yes. drinking. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. The, God. Oh, mango. Yo. Oh. Take Captain Morgan, mango, Parrot Bay, mix it with lime, yeah. Parrot Bay, Yeah. Sprite, Coca-Cola, one glass. Oh my it's called a tall tan and tasty. I invented it. It's delicious. I, I feel like that makes me want to grind my... I can't even tell you the last time I've had like a can of soda or a glass of soda to begin right. with, let alone yeah. anything else. So I decided uh, to look into one last aspect of things. Um, rumble still skin. I went for rumble still skin here. Your <laughs> eye, I almost picked up the sound of your eyes rolling on like, mic. What? At first I was like, rum? I went for rum. I thought you were going to say rumple mints. Oh, no. Oh! That's what I thought was coming. And that's that's why my eyes roll. <laughs> and I was like, here we go. God damn it. I missed an opportunity. Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> you know this you who needs a little bit of rum? Rumpelstiltskin? Rumpelstiltskin. So, Rumpelstiltskin is a German fairy tale. I fucking love this story so much. Do you really? Yeah. I actually had to like refresh my memory. But, oh, like, I knew it, but I didn't. So it was collected by the Brothers Grimm uh, in the 1812 edition of wow. Children's and Household Tales. So a bit of a background uh, for those of us that either you know never heard it or don't remember. I hope it you know entirely. the Brothers Grimm. Correct. I hope you. Know I them. hope you do. Um, so basically, a miller uh, lies and says that his daughter can spin straw into gold to the king, who then takes the girl and locks her away with a bunch of uh, straw to spin. Right. So desperate, an imp all of a sudden appears. And spins the straw into gold. When the girl sees this, she asks, uh, he asks for her necklace in exchange for like doing the spinning for her. So this is what happens on the first day. So on the second day, the girl is then like shows the king and he's really impressed. So on the second day, the girl is placed into a larger room with more straw and, you know, basically says, you know, okay, get to it. Uh, And again, the imp appears and this time in exchange for her ring he spins the straw to gold for her. The next day, the king sees it and says that, listen, I'll I'll wife you right up right now. If you can go ahead and spin even more straw into gold, and if you can't, I'll just kill you. I'll execute you. You think you've seen romance? Let me tell you something. This can be all yours or I can kill you. Memories. Why, um, why, why did you just turn him into snarky car shark? I don't know. I kind of like it, though. Like, <laughs> hey, let me tell you something, toots. I got a crown with your name on it. Otherwise, gonna kill you. Got a pin, right. pinstripe suit and a red tie. Don't come asking questions to me. I'm the king, goddammit. <laughs> they call me Kingpin. Kingpin. So this time, when the imp shows up, uh, the girl doesn't have necessarily anything to give him in return, so she offers her firstborn child to him. So following this, um, so, you know, he goes ahead and he spends it. Following his word, the king marries her, and when their first child is born, the imp returns for the baby. Pleading with him, he agrees that in three days' time, if she can guess his name, he will relinquish the child to her. So after many incorrect guesses, on the last night, she goes out into the woods and comes upon his cottage where he's singing about how she will never guess his name, thus revealing it. So the next day, when he returns, she guesses the name, Rumpelstiltskin, and the child remains hers. The ending, however, there are a couple different variations. So in the 1812 version, he kind of just gets angry and runs away. And like, that's the end of that. In the 1857 version, things get weird. He, quote, in a rage, drove his right right foot so far into the ground that it sank up to his waist. Then in a passion, 
he seized the left foot with both hands and tore himself in two. So essentially... I've never read this version. Yep, okay. Rips himself in half. Um, there are uh, many possible like origin stories to this, some claiming that the story is as old as uh, 4,000 years, uh, while others have made claims that it can be traced back to Roman antiquities in the first century CE. Oh. So the name literally translates to little rattle stilt, um, and a stilt is a support post or a pole. Uh, and it was later applied to a type of goblin, which would make noises by rattling on posts oh. and on planks. And the story eventually led to something that's known as the Rumpelstiltskin effect. Are you familiar with this at all? Definitely not. Mm. I always confuse Rumpelstiltskin and Rapunzel, by the way. Almost always. Okay. I'm yeah. always like, oh, long hair of gold. Close with the gold thing. Close, but very close. Yes. So uh, the Rumpelstiltskin effect, uh, it was first theorized by Wilhelm von Tilburg in 1972, and it refers to a psychological principle uh, that there is value and power in using personal names in negotiations, management, and in teaching. So basically, you know, if you and I were to sit down, you know, in a business-esque environment, and I was to say to you, you know, Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. The second that I essentially use your name, it means that we've now made some sort of a, an additional connection yeah. with one another. And now it's more likely for us to like come to an agreement. It's why, okay. you know, you want your teacher or you as a teacher, like want to know your students' names and things along those lines. Like you're better off getting. I feel like things. I knew this, but didn't know it was called that i didn't know it either i knew that there was again that value in like using people's names yeah my father a, yeah. does it all there's there's the a time. connection thing he does it there's a, it's the like time. a it, it's a really un you know not harmful way to kind of prey on someone's psyche and and get them to think that it, like they like you more or you know like you guys are closer or well if you think about it from also like that opposite perspective of like not using someone's name is essentially like dehumanizing them, that's that individual. true too like you know that's why we don't ha you know uh, prisoners are given like a number right. rather than their name you know so yeah it's basically this principle of of use someone's name and you'll do better in, in management yeah i love or it. get them to like you or get them to like you and that's all we want yeah isn't that right insert name here <laughs> Let's start now. Isn't that right? You, person with hair? Aaron. Or maybe you don't have hair. I don't have hair. Aaron. Andrew. Hey, Aaron. Andy. <laughs> Alexander. That's me. Ariana. You know, so many people think my name is Alejandro because of the because Facebook. Because of your Facebook? Oh, yeah. Really? And I just yell at everyone and I'm like, see, this is why you shouldn't believe everything you read on the internet. You proved my point. And that's, that. I mean, at first I did it because, you know, like I was going for jobs and to like hide myself and then i left it because i was like everyone really does just believe what they read yeah i tag you in that stuff too and even people someone was like oh christina christina spelled chula wrong it's spelled ch and the other person was like no no that's just, don't read don't believe Good everything you read yeah lord yeah, it's, it's rough take a little bit of time read a book read a book damn it keep up keep up and follow us or get left behind or get left behind. You know what's a great rule is uh, the pirate code. No man left behind. I thought that was the Marines. Um, it might have been. Maybe they got it from the pirates. Now it's a school tactic, like a an elementary oh, school tactic. No child left behind. You should probably leave him behind. Thanks, Laura Bush. <laughs> it's the first time I've heard anyone say that. Yeah, right? Well, I guess so. It's good at the bottom. Delicious. I'm, I know. I'm almost just about there, too. Right? Loving it. So that's all I got for uh, for rum. That's all I got for rum besides this. Number 60. We have to drink this before we can get off the air. All done, Mom. Yep. Well, I guess we'll uh, we'll be back for another yeah, episode. Yeah, thanks for everyone. Thanks for hanging out with us. Um, why don't you uh, stay tuned for next time? Yeah, like, subscribe, comment. It's that easy. Stay, stay tuned for the recording of Nick. What are you doing otherwise? You're not fact-checking anything you're seeing online. So Definitely well, not rum-running. No, go ahead and, and leave, us a, leave us a positive review. Yeah, or go rum-run. Yeah, one or the other. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Year's End is hosted by Alex Chula and me, Nick Messina. Video producer is Mike Delavan. Original music is by Alex Chula. Sound effects have been provided by Zapsplat. And audio editing and producing is from me, Nick Messina. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to Beers And wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Beers and Podcast and on Twitter at Beers and One. That's on Twitter at Beers and the number one. Or shoot us an email at beersandpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, Alex and I always want you to enjoy your beer safely and responsibly. Neither Alex nor myself have any affiliations with any of the breweries we sampled in this episode, be them legal affiliations or otherwise. If you have any questions or concerns, please email us at beersandpodcast at gmail.com. That's beers, the word and, podcast at gmail.com.